Welcome to Tucson New Thought. There's a place where we don't have to feel unknown. And every time that you call out, you're a little less alone. I actually hadn't planned on talking about that lyric, but as happens every week, as I'm singing it, like something moves through me when I, get, when I got to that lyric today. There's a place where, you don't have, where we don't have to feel unknown. Every time that you call out, you're a little less alone. I think this speaks to what ultimately I am looking to create more and more and more within this context of this thing called Tucson New Thought, and that is community. That if I'm looking to provide anything as a spiritual director, as a minister of any kind, is that there is always a place where you don't have to feel unknown. You can reach out. Don't feel alone. I am here. I am here. We have a community that is here. We have people who are here. And and there have been communities, spiritual communities that I have been a part of that, that in some ways feel a little distant. Like I go, I, I love it, I'm inspired by what's happening on a Sunday, and yet I feel distant. I don't feel like it's a place that I can call on. And that's exactly the kind of thing that I don't want to have happen here. I want this to be a place that, that, that where, where people can come, where we are creating not just a physical space for sanctuary, but a mental place for sanctuary. That there is a safe place here at all times. It starts in our minds. It starts in our hearts. And so my mind and my heart is filled with the desire to be a safe sanctuary for every single person that crosses my path. Have you ever felt like nobody was there? Allow yourself to reflect on that, that concept. Have you ever, at any time in your life, any time, felt like nobody was there? What does that mean to you? How do you relate to that? Ernest Holmes wrote, this is a long quote. I'm just giving you a fair warning. This is a long quote. He wrote this. There is a place in the mentality, in the heights of its greatest realizations, where it throws itself with complete abandonment into the very center of the universe. There is a point in the supreme moment of realization where the individual merges with the universe, but not to the loss of individuality, where a sense of oneness of all life so enters his being that there is no sense of otherness. There is a place in the mentality in the heights of its greatest realizations where it throws itself with complete abandon into the very center of the universe. How many of us are willing to throw ourselves with complete abandon into anything? Into anything? Are we willing to throw ourselves with complete abandon into the center of the universe to be able to stand up here and, as I do every single week, say we need to know who we are at a deeper level to such a degree that we can step forth proudly, boldly saying, I am God. You are God. There is no separate thing out there. We are each of us God. God is that good orderly that direction. God is that greatness on demand that is at the core of our beingness, the energy of creation at the core of our beingness. We're all part of it. We're not separate from it. 
Are you willing to throw yourself in with complete abandonment to that idea? It's a tall order for some people. It took me a long time to get there. It took me lots of Sundays. It took me lots of classes before I finally said, okay, maybe I'll dip my toe in a little bit. <laughs> there is always something. Maybe not someone, but there is always something upon which we can rely. There is always something upon which we can rely. For me, what it has turned out to be is that I can rely on this understanding of knowing who I am. I had an experience this week, and the details of the, of the experience are totally unnecessary. I had an experience this week that sent me down a shame spiral. You ever have one of those? Ever, anyone ever have, a, have an experience where you, you, something happens and you're just like, oh, shame, shame, guilt. I spent a whole day, most of a whole day, living within this shame spiral, beating myself up. You ever do that? I'm sure no one here has. And, and, and it was an interesting experience because I really have not had that experience in a very long time. And it was just this, this particular day, I couldn't shake it. I just couldn't shake it until I took the time to remember who I am. Now, it's interesting because in the reading, in the random reading today, it talks about the process of creation takes no time. That when it's done, it's done. But what does take time is for us to get to that point in mind that says, okay, here you go. I couldn't seem to shake it. So I lived within this shame spiral for, for, the, for the better part of a whole day. What I, what I was doing, though, is I was looking at it from a, from a perspective that was not in support of addressing what really needed to ad be addressed, and that was this. I was looking at it from the circumstantial world. I was looking at it saying, well, what about this out there? And what about that out there? And what about this out there? And isn't, this the, isn't that something that's like, isn't, isn't that having an effect on me? Isn't that having an effect on me? And the answer is, yes, to the degree that I allow them to have an effect on me. I, had to, I, I kept looking and saying, what are those things out there that led to this feeling of shame? Ultimately, the solution was to say, no, 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 not what are the things out there. What is it within me? that led to feelings of shame. When I look within, when I take the time to allow myself to come into that deepest alignment of knowing who I am, and that's looking within, when I do that, the answers are there. In the song, the lyric says, even when the dark comes crashing through, when you need a friend to carry you, when you're broken on the ground, you will be found you will be found. Now the finding itself comes in many guises. I hear people go, oh, that's what the talk title means. <laughs> I heard it, it's like that. The finding comes in many guises. It may be revealed in the people around you. Here's the thing, I look at that experience this week that sent me into a shame spiral as a great opportunity to know something more deeply about myself and act from that place. That's a finding to say, I get to step forth boldly into a new idea of who I am because of this experience. So I celebrate that. I stop beating myself up and I say, there is a great gift in this. That finding may be in the mirror. 
but ultimately the finding is rooted in one source, one creative infinite resource, one energy, one light, one love, and it is who and what each and every one of us is. We are that energy. So the, this shame spiral I was in, it, part of the question that was coming up for me was, was rooted in self-doubt. One of the big things that came up for me was this question. Have I been making this mistake most of my life? And I had to step back and really think about that. Have I been making this mistake most of my life? And it took me a little while. You know, again, as ministers, we're on this journey of life too. Although we've studied, there's no difference at the end of the day between us and everyone else. We go through our experiences of life. But it took me a little while to get myself, my mind, to that place of answer. And here's the answer. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I've been doing it my whole life. What I do know is that it's been revealed to me now. And in this moment, I get to do something about it. I get to move forward. Mistakes, what we perceive as mistakes, are opportunities for illumination. So we can either live in the mistake and keep beating ourselves up. Remember last week, I have a mea culpa, mea culpa. You know, I am culpable. Uh, we can either do that, or we can say, you know what? I see, I understand, and I get to learn from this, I get to learn from this and move forward. I get to be illuminated in this. So how do we do that? How do we really do that? Well, for me, the course correction, and I invite you to take this into your own hearts, the course correction for me comes in the form of spiritual practice. Now, the challenge is this particular day, I let myself go almost a full day of stepping aside and not going to spiritual practice. And yet I'm the first person who will sit in classes and tell people, if you're going to be a practitioner, if you're going to live this philosophy, then your habitual response to these types of things has to start to be go into practice, go into spiritual practice, know who you are. We all slip up sometimes. We all slip up sometimes. So I did course correct. It took me a long time to get there. I took the time to address in my heart and soul what it was that had been revealed to me. I actually went into about a 30-minute uh, meditation. And in taking that time, in taking that meditative practice, in allowing myself to relax and step out of thinking that I needed to live in shame, step out of that place and say, you know what, I know who I am. I can rise above the circumstance because I am this divine power. In doing that, I had deeper realizations about myself. Every mistake is an opportunity to grow. The power of spiritual practice is always available. It's always available to each and every one of us. What is your go-to? What is your go-to? Because the power is there, not just on special occasions, not just when you find yourself descending into a shame spiral. It's always there. Is there anyone here? I'm like, I'm thinking, you don't have to raise your hands, but just check in with yourself. Is there anyone here who has never had a challenge in their life? Just think about it. What is your 
response to the challenges when they arise? Is it to go into complaining? That used to be a habit of mine. For many, it is complaint. Come on in. Because here's what we, what we perceive is that when we go into complaining, and, here's, and the thing about complaining is, to whom are we complaining? Typically, we go find someone who's going to be in alignment consciously with that complaint so that we get feedback from them that supports our living in complaint. For many, complaint is the way we go. We find that sympathetic ear, we complain, and we think it provides relief. Maybe it alleviates some energetic tension. It's like, oh, well, now I feel justified in the way I feel. It's temporary. It's not long-lasting because here's what happens. Complaints about the thing keep the energy of that thing alive in our mind, and so it keeps repeating itself in our experience. What would you do if I gave you this directive? This week, and maybe, you know what? I am giving you this directive. What would you do? No, I'm going to give you this directive. This week, no complaints. <laughs> we can see where you are on. <laughs> well, it's funny because here's the thing. We 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 hear that and but we feel like there's a we feel like, oh, but if I don't have the capacity to complain, then what am I gonna do? Well, that's the big question. What are you going to do if you do not find yourself allowing yourself to live in complaint at all? And that means, oh, I can't complain. You know what's, you know, so here's one thing that's going to happen. You're probably going to have a much quieter life. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the practices in mental muscle. We, mental muscle, the program that, I, uh, that uh, I have taught, one of the weeks is the directive is no complaining week. And so what we need to do, here's how, here's how you can do that. To step out of complaint... You need to stop yourself when you recognize that it's happening, number one. Number two, forgive yourself for allowing it to happen in the first place. And number three, say, what is the constructive path forward? What is it within me that allows a constructive path forward so that I don't need to live within this energy any longer? This is a practice. You know, we talk about the mission of this of, of, of this organization to be providing practical tools for personal transformation. If you are looking to be transformed, here's one tool. Just try it for a week and see what happens. Do not complain about anything. That means if you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off, uh-huh. If you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off, bless them on their way. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't even brought up in that tradition. <laughs> I think I've just seen it so frequently, right? Wow. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> to change the pattern of complaining, is it, it's, it's an immediate spiritual practice. It's an immediate spiritual practice. You, each and every one of you, I am, we all are in charge of how we feel. When we complain, we're making somebody else responsible for that. Think about that. 
We're not taking charge of our life. We're saying it's their issue that I feel this way, but it's never anybody else's issue the way we feel. It is our issue. When I settled into this practice, when I settled into this practice, this shame spiral that I had allowed myself to, to descend into where I was saying, but it's that, and it's that, and it's that, and it's that. I had to know, I had to say, no, it's this. And when I accepted that, you know what happened? The shame dissipated. It no longer had room in my heart. Now, I'm grateful that in the experience, an aspect of me was illuminated that I can take action on. But I don't have to do it from that place or consciousness of shame. I get to move forward with love and kindness in my heart. There is a place in the mentality, in the heights of its greatest realizations, where it throws itself with complete abandonment into the very center of the universe. So I ask again, can you throw yourself with complete abandon? Or what's holding you back? The activity, I believe, and this is what I teach, and I believe this is what New Thought teaches, the activity of this is a shift from believing in God to believing as God. Can you throw yourself with complete abandonment into that consciousness that I no longer believe in God, I believe as God. I believe as that infinite creative power, the source of my being. That is a finding finding the divine consciousness within the self and then acting accordingly. There is a point in the supreme moment of realization where the, un where the individual merges with the universe. So <clears throat> just to address the language here, because this is from a book that was written in 1927, and I believe we have transcended some of the dualistic language, the separating language that he utilizes here. Because he says, where the universal merges with the universe, we can't merge with something of which we are already a part. We are a part of this infinite wholeness. We can't merge with it because we are that. So let's just take that into our hearts. And maybe, let's see, there's a point. There is a point in the supreme moment of realization wherein the individual realizes it is merged as this universe, but not to the loss of his individuality. Within any of this, <clears throat> none of us needs to lose what makes us unique. We do not have to be automatons. We do not have to be, you know, I now know the truth, and so I move forward with the truth, and I lose everything that makes me, me. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there is something deeper which gets to express at all times. It is beyond the realm of complaint. It is beyond the realm of shame. It is that infinite knowing that is rooted in love. Where a sense of oneness of life, the oneness of life, so enters his being that there is no sense of otherness. This philosophy has helped me come to a deeper acceptance of knowing that if I know who I am, then that has to be true of every other person that I encounter, whether I like it or not. And that can be challenging because there are people, you know what? You probably won't hear a lot of ministers say this from the pulpit, but there are people that I do not like. 
And that's okay. I treat for their highest, their most loving expression. I treat, <laughs> I say, I treat for their highest and furthest. <laughs> for, for those of you who are new, the treatment is prayer. <laughs> so when I talk about treatment, I'm talking about prayer. I pray for their highest and furthest. I do not need to involve them in my life. There is no written law that says I have to be friends with everyone. And so I let them lovingly go so that they can be immersed in the loving presence that is supportive of them because they're probably not going to get it from me. And that's hard for people to hear. I know, like, really? This is our minister talking. <laughs> you know what? We should crack the pedestal because not any one of us, I should not be on a pedestal. I said earlier, I am the same as every single person in this room. You know what, actually, William and I had a chat about this earlier this week. You know what makes me different? I've read a few more books. Seriously, I read a few more books and somebody gave me a piece of paper that says, you are qualified to be able to be this. And it is something that I wear with pride. I admit that. But there is no difference between me and anyone else in this room or anyone online. We each and every one of us are this infinite power. Let us deepen into that realization more and more and more and do it in our own unique individualized way, which means we may not get along with everyone, but we lovingly let those with whom we do not get along drift away into their expression of love. When we find ourselves we realize we are not separate and, and, and we, we, we recognize that we are uniquely expressed. We can never lose. We can never be at a loss for that which makes us unique. It's always there. Even through guilt, even through shame, it's always there. Emerson wrote, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. All that stuff out there that we make so important does not matter one bit. What really matters is this, what's within each and every one of us. You are magnificent. I say it every week. You are magnificent. Here's my question. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? I mean, really believe it. Take a deep breath. I invite you all to just in that moment of breath, recognize, feel yourself in the presence as the presence. Let that sun come streaming in because you'll reach up and you'll rise again. Lift your head and look around. You will be found. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.